What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And on today's show, we're also joined by John Kegley, the Chargers Encyclopedia, and also one of the original members of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And this episode is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays if you want to sit and watch the whole thing. Or if you want to get through it quickly, you can watch the condensed games, which are just 45 minutes. You get every play from every game. Just go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook. And this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, thank you for checking out the crossover yesterday, and thanks for coming in for today's show, which is going to be a little bit different because normally we'd be doing our keys for success and then also trying to jam in our predictions and bold predictions as well. But it's Monday night football this week, and we're going to get the Saints on Monday. So we're going to save our predictions for then. And then today's show, we're going to get into our keys for success going up against a very talented Saints team. We're going to start with the offense in the second segment. And we're going to get into the defensive side of the ball to wrap up the show. But we have to start with the best news. And I think all of us will be in better new, better moods today because of this news. And that is... Anthony Lynn, the Chargers head coach, is officially named Justin Herbert his starter for the rest of the season. So that's how we ha- that's where we have to start the show. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Thursday, Los Angeles Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn officially named quarterback Justin Herbert the starter for the rest of the season. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. Justin Herbert has been excellent so far through three games with the Chargers, which have all come as losses for the team, but he has been about as impressive as possible. And earlier, after his first start, head coach Anthony Lynn said that once Tyron Taylor was fully healthy, he would return as starter for the Chargers, and many fans definitely took issue with that because of how impressive Justin Herbert has been, but with Tyrod Taylor returning to practice this week in his Thursday press conference, David, he finally made the decision that even though they wanted to sit Justin Herbert and let him season and let him learn from a veteran like Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be his team for the rest of the season. Daniel, I think that was the right decision going into this. You saw what the offense looked like under Tyrod Taylor for one game, and then you saw what it looked like under Justin Herbert for a couple of games, and the offense was definitely working at a higher tempo. They were moving the football down the field at a better rate. It just looked like a better product, and I think it just took a little bit of time for Anthony Lynn to come to grips with the fact that Justin Herbert does, in fact, give the Chargers the best chance to win football games on Sundays and Mondays. And some really great stats to back that up. I mean, this is from Brock Anderson. Rookie Justin Herbert has completed 72% of his passes this season, the best completion percentage by any QB in NFL history through his first three starts. And also, Daniel, he could not be going up against a more murderer's row of quarterbacks than he has started his NFL career with. Per NFL research, Herbert will be the first quarterback in league history to face three Super MVPs in his first four starts. Patrick Mahomes, Brady, and Breeze being among them. Pretty incredible there for Justin Herbert. Uh, It's the move we all expected, Daniel, but now it is official. And it was the only move that made sense for Lynn because if not, he would not only have probably lost the Chargers fan base 
who were clamoring for his head even before this just because he hadn't come out and already said it even though Herbert had been so impressive but also maybe losing some guys in this locker room because if you're the head coach and they know you're not giving them the best chance to win every week and that has been backed up by Austin Eckler and Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, even Joey Bosa saying this week, they probably don't have a lot of those touchdowns without Justin Herbert out there. And I mean, he's the first quarterback through his first three games to have a passer rating over 100. I mean, you look at the checklist of all the things that he's been able to do and he's basically crossed off every box, including last week, hitting on 250-plus yard passes when no other quarterback this entire season has more than one. So he's been so impressive, but you have to feel absolutely gutted for Tyrod Taylor because it was such a unique situation. Justin Herbert coming into his first game against the reigning Super Bowl champions because of an injury to Tyrod Taylor, but it's not just the injury, it's how the injury happened, which is why Anthony Lynn was so protective of saying Tyrod Taylor was going to be the starter because it was their own team doctor that put Tyrod Taylor off of the field to begin with. And after losing his job to an injury on the field in Cleveland to Baker Mayfield a couple of seasons back, now in this situation he loses his starting job after going one and oh in his only start of the season and not just that and now he loses his starting position once again yeah I mean gotta feel awful for Tyrod Taylor for this whole situation him getting hurt you know get getting a procedure to help manage some pain with some broken ribs or some cracked ribs that he was dealing with and the the doctor punctures his lung and then another starting opportunity gets taken away from him. The rookie steps in, plays exceptionally well, and there goes his starting role all over again. It just, it's got to be a horrible feeling for Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, that conversation that Anthony Lynn had to have with Tyrod Taylor was not a pleasant one. He said he didn't take it well because he wants to lead this team, but he's a pro. He's one of the better pros I've been around. He will support Justin like he's been doing. He's still the captain of this football team. So some very powerful words from Anthony Lynn in support of Tyrod Taylor, but you can't help but feel just absolutely awful for him in this situation. There's nothing he could possibly do. All he can do is go out there, support Justin Herbert, get him as prepared as he can to help the Chargers win football games this year. Yeah, and he is absolutely doing that by putting Justin Herbert out there. But of course, I would have liked to see Tyrod Taylor come in and have an elite defense to feed off of and just be able to do enough right to keep the Chargers in a lot of games and to really have them have a decent season and then give him another chance to start with another team going forward because we all knew this was going to be Justin Herbert's team going into 2021. The only thing we couldn't have known is that Justin Herbert didn't need to wait before he could be great because that has been what he is over his first three games. He has the second most passing yards as well through his first three games of his career. The only person better than him is Cam Newton. I mean, the superlatives go on and on. And now this week, I think the biggest thing for him will be to see if he can limit his turnovers because he's turned the ball over four times already this year. And it has definitely cost the Chargers some wins. And now this week, going up against a very good New Orleans Saints team, he'll have to see if he can limit those turnovers and go for his first career victory in the first game where he knows he is the no-doubt starter for the rest of the season. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into our keys for success. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, and you can't start with the offensive side unless you're talking about Justin Herbert and what he needs to get right coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, that this episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. 
Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back. And right now, more than ever, the local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with your contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be official partner of the NFL. This episode is also brought to you by Pepsi, which is made for football watching. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they will join another league, the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. All right, well, now as we do every week, we need to get into our keys for success for Monday's game against the New Orleans Saints, and we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. And, John, when you're looking at this game, the Chargers' offense has actually been pretty good. They've been improving their play calling. They find it. You know, they finally have found ways to strike deep and be able to create chunk plays even without Austin Eckler and Mike Williams. So for this week, what is your first key for success for the Chargers' offense to try to be even better than they have been? Well, it's a simple thing, but it's the turnovers. I know we say it every week, but this week especially, you got to prevent the turnovers. you got to win the field position in this game. If you're at your own 40 and you punt the ball and pin the Saints at their own 10, you can win that field position battle back and forth. But once you have it at your own 40 and you fumble the ball or you throw an interception and have the Saints have it at your 40, the whole game's going to turn from there. Now the Saints are going to be a threat to score. So this game, especially turnovers, have to be the key. But if I pick something that's not simple, it would be attack the middle of the field. Their linebackers are not that great, especially in coverage. So Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen going in the middle of the field, whether it's a crossing route or a hook route, whatever, you got to go for the middle of the field and attack the linebackers. Yeah, and that is a matchup that hasn't been good for the New Orleans Saints so far this year. I mean, specifically, you look back at the game against the Las Vegas Raiders, and Malcolm Jenkins was getting torched by Darren Waller. Darren Waller had a really good game going up against him. So I think getting Hunter Henry and him matched up in this game will definitely be a mismatch for the Chargers offense, David, because Hunter Henry, as we know, is very important for this Chargers team, not only for third downs, but just getting this offense moving. He is so important to it. So I think he has to be a big part of the game plan going up against the Saints. No question about it, Daniel. I mean, you look at what tight ends have done against the Saints defense, and they've had a lot of success. You mentioned Darren Waller. He did have a phenomenal game. It was 105 yards in that game. And also, they did not do a good job against the Green Bay Packers tight ends either. They had combined for 104 yards receiving. So Hunter Henry should be salivating at the opportunity to go up against this Saints defense and exploit the middle of the field. That is definitely going to help the Chargers move the ball down the field. And my keys to success kind of echoes that sentiment, which is get Herbert out in space and roll him out and hit Hunter Henry on some of those really easy play actions. The rollouts on tape have had a lot of success with athletic-type quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford getting out of the pocket, making strong throws. Justin Herbert is just as athletic, if not more so. He can do those, and he has the arm to execute those throws as well. I had play action down on mine as well for a key for success, and I think it's going to be very important for them. But the place I'm looking at it very specifically for the Chargers, given what they've done this year, is in those short yardage situations. Last week, we saw the Chargers on second 
third and fourth and one, just going with straight-up handoffs up the middle. And I think that's a place, especially given the fact that you keep doing it over and over again, that you can make the New Orleans Saints pay with a hard play action pass. If you're in the red zone, if you need a short yardage play, I think if you go hard play action, the linebackers will come up more near the line of scrimmage and you'll have a chance to get an easy first down. Getting Justin Herbert out of the pocket will help with that as well, John. And I think that for the Chargers, they've used play action a ton so far this year, but they also, as you know, could get a little bit more creative while doing it. Absolutely, they could. If you're going to do the play action, don't make it something as simple as you know, faking a run up the middle and the quarterback still in the pocket waiting for a throw. Actually sell it. Like Make the offensive line move like to the left like as if you're running a stretch to the left and then Herbert rolls out to the right and hits the tight end or fullback in the flats. Like Really sell it. Make it look like it's actually a play that's going to the left so all the linebackers flow that way and you can get major yards on plays like that. But also with these rollouts, Justin Herbert needs to actually take the time to run the ball in this game as well. If he rolls out and the Saints somehow cover that backup plan, the tight end or the fullback in the flats, try to run for it. Usually there's a running lane if they cover that play. If you're in the pocket and the middle opens wide up, wide open, take it. Run up the middle. The Saints do not do very well covering running QBs, and I think Herbert could have a field day running around the field in this game. I'm not saying he's going to be Michael Vick or somebody, but I think he's bubbled enough to pick up 8 to 10 yards on a play where you roll out, no one's there, running out of bounds, or the middle opens, and you run forward and slide. I think you can have a field day with that. And I think another thing you can do, too, to try to stretch out this New Orleans defense is more of those speed option plays or even designed runs with Justin Herbert, especially near the end zone. I mean, there's not many better weapons that you can have on your team when you're in the red zone than having a quarterback that's liable to take the ball himself and get it into the end zone. I mean, we've seen when it's a design running play for him. You know, you can think about the keeper uh, a couple of weeks ago where he fake pitched it, kept himself, and rumbled down to about the four-yard line. I mean, he's a big body. If you can get him out there and give him a clear lane to the end zone or even a first down in an important situation, I 100% agree with that take right there. David, any other keys you want to get into for the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers this week? going up against the Saints. Yeah, so my last key for success on the offensive side is to protect your young quarterback. The New Orleans Saints average two and a half sacks a game, so they're definitely going to come after him. I want to see the, some max protection, and especially in those longer down and distances, you know, second and nines, third and eights. Definitely do whatever you can to protect your quarterback. Give him some time to make throws. The Saints are going to come after him, so do what you can to protect your young rookie quarterback. Yeah, and I think if they do protect him, he'll have a better chance of finding his first game without an interception, which I think obviously, as John talked about, turnovers will be key. But for this offensive line specifically, John, I think it's going to be important for them to be able to open up some holes for this running game so the Chargers can get more success off of that play action. But more with the offensive line and protecting their young quarterback, this offensive line has to stay disciplined with the New Orleans defensive front. Like Tampa Bay, the Saints like to have a lot of guys standing up near the line of scrimmage and having some blitzes and some of the guys drop into coverage. They like to do a lot of that. They also run a lot of stunts, so the offensive line has to be good with handing off some of those pressures and make sure they're staying home for that next guy that's trying to come around and get a free rush at the quarterback. So I think the Chargers all game, I mean, both sides of the ball will have to stay very disciplined, but basically the only 
pressure that Justin Herbert hasn't been able to avoid, even though he has avoided some, is having those free rushers come at him. So I think it's going to be very important for a banged-up offensive line to stay coordinated and make sure they're all staying home because they do some exotic things up front. They do, and that play against Tampa Bay where Justin Herbert had to have full protection in there, mm-hmm. the Bucks sent the house. And you use that. the Bucks used that play by doing exactly what you just mentioned. They had a bunch of guys up at the line most of the game, and like two would drop back and someone would rush. You couldn't tell which one was which because you don't know which one was blitzing, who was dropping back. They would sell it so well. The Saints do the same thing, and they're going to try to set up that all-out blitz, and you might be have a chance for another deep play. So it's going to be really key for this offensive line to communicate. Communication and chemistry is going to be key, and I'm really hoping that they're practicing that. I know it's hard to do because injuries keep happening, and the offensive line has to keep switching around. You got someone else coming in, someone moving to another spot. But you got to be able to know your responsibility and be able to say, okay, I'm going to get this guy. You got that guy. If he blitzes, I got this guy. You got to have that communication this week. It will be key. Yeah, it will be. I mean, especially for Justin Herber. I mean, you just don't want to see him start getting beat up again, especially in his first week as the undoubted starter. So I think it will be very important for them. And I think for the Chargers, it's going to be important for them to keep getting production with Mike Williams' status in jeopardy for them to be able to continue to find production from guys like Tyron Johnson and Donald Parham, get him on the field more. He's such a mismatch and can definitely take advantage of some spots in the middle of this New Orleans defense. I mean, he's more of a Darren Waller than Hunter Henry is. I think he should be out there more for the Chargers and because it's just a mismatch. Can Jalen Guyton get some production out of that wide receiver three position? And will this running back tandem going into their first full game without Austin Eckler be able to put up a better showing than they did last week when they were absolutely stuffed Joshua Kelly didn't even average one yard per rush last week, so that'll be key for the Chargers as well because you have to be able to run the ball the way this team likes to play offensively or else it's going to be tough. But we do have more keys to get into because we have to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to get into that coming up right after this. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into the defensive side of the ball, and I'll go ahead and start things with this because we don't know if Michael Thomas is going to play yet. We heard Ross Jackson yesterday say he thinks he's going to play, but obviously it's a high ankle sprain. You just really don't know with these guys. But I think the other guy that you really have to always take into account is Alvin Kamara because he is such an offensive playmaker so far for the Saints this season. When you look at some of the numbers he's been able to put up, and I just said contain him because I don't think there's any way they're going to totally shut him down. But 50 rushes so far, 236 yards, 30 receptions for 321 yards. I mean, he's averaging a ridiculous 80.3 receiving yards per game, 139.3 yards from scrimmage per game, and seven touchdowns, David. This guy is a beast. He's liable to take the ball on any short pass the distance as he already has this season with a 50-yard touchdown that came around the line of scrimmage. I mean, for the Chargers defense, they're going to have their work cut out for them the way Sean Payton likes to run his offense, but it all starts with Alvin Kamara. Absolutely. Alvin Kamara is a just straight-up baller. He is a playmaker. He is all over the football field. He is running it. He's catching it. You have to account for his presence on the field at all times. you got to know where he's at because he is very dangerous. And, hey, if Michael Thomas does play, we don't know even know what type of shape he's going to be in with the high ankle sprain. So another guy you need to look out for is Emmanuel Sanders. And it seems like you know as the, ga- the games go on, 
the chemistry between Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders is getting stronger. So do not forget about him. And I'm sure Charger fans can't do that because Emmanuel Sanders has made it a point to continuously roast the Chargers in his career. So definitely look out for that. But my key for success on the defensive side is get the Saints in third and long. They are very good on third downs. They convert their third downs at 52% on the year. You got to get them in a much more difficult situation so you can get some pressure and you can get off the football field. Absolutely. And I think that starts with controlling the line of scrimmage, which is something I said was key for the Chargers last week. But they ended up letting Ronald Jones get 20 for 110 rushing yards last week. He was getting pretty much whatever he wanted for most of the game. I mean, he they had a little bit of time in the middle of the game when they were doing okay against it, but I'm still questioning this defensive front and if they can consistently start the run because the other thing the Saints have the ability to do if they want to is just to pound it down your throat. They have a good offensive line, and that hasn't really been the game plan so far this year. And if you stop them early, they have a chance to kind of get away from it, which is something else that we've seen. But... I mean, they have Latavius Murray. They have Alvin Kamara. They can do that if they need to. So for the Chargers, if you can stop those runs on first down, John, if you can get them behind the chains and make Drew Brees uncomfortable and get their offense into positions where it doesn't want to be, I think it has nothing but help for the Chargers defense. Absolutely. The things that will help you against this offense are, one, really good punting. you got to play the field position game. The Saints don't always do the best when they're backed up. Two, you got to get him in the second and third and long, as you guys mentioned. That's really big because now you, it turns into an obvious passing situation and you don't have to worry about having to account for Alvin Kamara's run game. You can just cover him in the flats or something with somebody and keep him from catching the ball. Well, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's not effective. It's as simple as that. Once he has the ball in his hands, he breaks tackles, he goes all over the place. So you got to make sure he doesn't have the ball in his hands and make it an obvious passing situation with these long seconds these second and longs, third and longs. But my biggest key is you mentioned containing Alvin Kamara. For me, you got to know where he is. They'll put him anywhere on this field, and you have to know where he is because if he's in the slot and he's motioning across the field, you don't notice that he's coming. They can run a jet sweep easily. He can run into the flats and catch a ball with speed and have momentum. There's a lot of things they can do. They can run a screen out of that. Once he's in space, you're done. But even another guy that needs to be in space is Taysom Hill. Oh, my God. This guy bothers the crap out of me. I really hate going up against him. This guy is so elusive, just all around, can do whatever, whatever he wants. He can play from the quarterback spot. He can be, even on a punt team, he could be that direct snap guy that takes off running. He could be a receiver. He could be the wildcat option. He could do anything. He's a perfect mismatch for the Chargers defense, and that worries me. And let's knock on wood because I think the Chargers are probably the most susceptible team in the league given their recent history at giving up fake punts. It just seems like they're kind of overdue to have another team have a, a fake punt go against them, right? I mean, at least it won't be Jatavis Brown out there trying to cover it. But still, I mean, this seems like a game where something like that can happen. And I think the Saints offense is one where you always have to stay disciplined because they're going to run jet sweeps with Traquan Smith and hand them off and stretch you out. They're going to give the ball to Taysom Hill as kind of a wildcat quarterback for the most part. Most of the time he gets it. He's running it, and I think 
if you get beat by Drew Brees, if you get beat by Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas, you understand, don't get beat by Taysom Hill. I mean, you just can't afford it against this Saints offense. I mean, they're already good enough as they are, and they're going to scheme plays where you're just not going to be able to cover them. That's how good they are at doing that. But staying disciplined is going to be so key. And I think you have to look back at last week, David, and look at all the confusion on the back end for the Chargers defense. It's not as if Drew Brees is going to be bombing deep shots off you know, down the field very often in this game potentially, but you can't give it to him wide open like the Chargers were doing to last week. So I know Anthony Lynn called out Rayshon Jenkins, the elite Rayshon Jenkins last week for some broken coverages. And this defense has to really have a much better impact than they did last week where they didn't get off the field at all in the second half. But there's one thing that the defense is predicated on, and it's not giving up the big plays. And when you're not able to do that, it looks like it did last week. Yeah, especially when you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, Daniel. I mean, that's something that, you know, absolutely hampers your de- your defense and your ability to cover. I mean, the more pressure you get on the quarterback, the less you have to cover on the back end. These two things work in tandem together. And the Chargers need to get more turnovers as well. And one way that they can do that is by get their defensive linemen getting their hands up trying to bat some balls. Drew Brees has already had a batted ball turn into an interception this year. The Chargers need more more turnovers. This is another way that they can do that. Drew Brees is one of the shorter quarterbacks, so he's going to have to move around to get to get a sight line. When he does that, get those big paws up, bat the ball down, and hey, you might get a turnover out of it. Yeah, and that's one of the things that scares me about the Chargers defense and Gus Bradley specifically is when you know what's coming most of the time, like obviously you're going to have a general game plan for what you're going to try to do to beat that. But when you want to take your shots, you usually know exactly what's coming. And the only way to really disrupt that is a pass rush. And this Saints offensive line has been pretty good so far this season. I think they've only allowed five sacks so far. Ryan Ramchick and Teron Armstead on the outside are absolutely elite tackles. I mean, they have two of the best tackles in the NFL. Definitely one of the best duos in the NFL. But Pass rush is not an option for this team, John. I mean, the whole defense is predicated off it. Turnovers turn in come from pass rush as well. Mistakes on the back end can get covered up by pass rush. And also, you can force quarterbacks into throwing the ball a little bit sooner than you want to. And I've seen Drew Brees also just not see a linebacker standing in the middle of the field but throwing it before he wanted to and then just throwing an easy interception. He can be turned over, but it's not going to happen, John, unless – Gus Bradley finds a way to get a pass rush, which is something the Chargers were not able to do consistently last week. And I think it's probably because of Joey Bosa being a little bit injured, but there's just no excuses. If you're not able to get a pass rush, this Saints offense is going to probably do whatever it wants. No doubt they will do whatever they want without a pass rush, as long as Drew Brees can sit in the pocket, because he's not a scrambling QB. He's a pocket QB, and he is great in the pocket. And as long as he can just sit in there and look and look and look, something will develop. And he is one of the most accurate QBs of all time. There was a sports science show where they were saying who's more accurate. John Brinkus. <laughs> yeah, was it an Olympic arch, uh, Olympic archer or is it Drew Brees, an NFL quarterback? And Drew Brees hit a target 10 out of 10 times while the archer went 9 out of 10. <laughs> Drew Brees, and Drew Brees hit it perfect on the dot bullseye. He's the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Yeah, without a doubt he is. Like, yeah, and if you leave him in the pocket, he will find that throw. Even if it's a small window, he will find that throw. But, but if you can get that pressure on him and make him throw before he wants to, that ball might become a lob or it might go somewhere where he didn't want it to go, but he thought it was open. Kind of like how we did Tom Brady last week where Brady right. would throw 
where he believes it's supposed to go. Reese can make that mistake too. As you mentioned, he might not see the linebacker in the middle of the field. But another thing is if you can keep the passing lanes really small. So if you if a Saints wide receiver is running a route into the flats, like an out route, and you keep the passing lane small, Drew Brees sometimes has a tendency to overthrow it to make sure it doesn't get intercepted. So you can win this game with incompletions too. It doesn't always have to be turnovers because you can win with incompletions as well. Absolutely. I mean, an incompletion on third down, I mean, is almost as good as an interception, you know. So I think that obviously you want to turn him over, but I think you would settle for just being able to get off the field consistently, which is something the Chargers did not do at all last week. And I want to, you know, really focus on Nazir Adderley, right? Because we know how much of a ball hawk he can be. I know when you come back from major injuries, it's hard to get back to that explosive nature. And overall, I mean, we haven't called Nazir Adderley's name a lot, which is good and bad. I mean, he hasn't been really liable for any huge mistakes on the back end, but he also hasn't been making that big play that we know he is able to do. So let's see if Nazir Adderley can get something going and and find a way to jump on a pass from Drew Brees or just even get a hand in front of a receiver and then tip the ball up that way for a chance at a turnover. But the Chargers are going to have their work cut out for them on Monday Night Football. I mean, there's no way around it. It's going to be a tough game for them to win. And it's a game that they're already, you know, underdogs by seven points going into it. So that's exactly what they were last week and last week. Tampa Bay was able to cover that spread. We'll see if the Saints can do the same or if the Chargers can kind of shock the NFL world a little bit and get Justin Herbert his first career victory as a starting quarterback. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Obviously, we'll have one more show coming before this game on Monday night. And on Monday, we will be getting into our bold and game predictions. We'll also probably get into some voicemails if you guys want to get in for that. The number is 323-524-7924. If you want to talk about Justin Herbert being named the starter or you want to give us a little game preview, we'll try to get those on Monday show. And then maybe just our latest notes on the game or our final thoughts on the game going into it. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from, Google Podcasts, or wherever you can find us on any major station. But that is going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you guys on Monday to get into our final preview of this game. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.